What a sweet time that was. And uh, thank you, choir, and thank you, worship team, for leading us well this morning. Um, I remember the words of Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. You know the ending? Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's why we sing, bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord for the hope of heaven and our loved ones who are there, our friends who are there worshiping in a worship service like they've never experienced before. And so now as we continue in our worship time this morning, indeed the thoughts of the end of the year are here, and I don't know about you, this is just me, but when um, we come to a time like this, whether it's the end of the year, really when it's one of my kids' birthdays, this is when it kind of hits me. As I see my kids getting older, special occasions, you know, a wedding anniversary, you know, a marker where time goes by, I don't know about you, but I kind of get filled with regret. Maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. Some people are just, they charge just straight ahead. They never look back. But uh, there's something inside of me that, that looks back and has a, a, t- a tinge of regret at, at the end of the year. There's special occasions like that. Because maybe there was wasted opportunities or there was a loss of some kind or it's something I said or something I did or something I didn't say or something I didn't do. Uh, you know, maybe some of you, as, as you think back on, on loved ones that you lost, there's just something inside of you. I'm sure it's there where you think, if only I, I would have said this or done this, expressed this differently or spent more time. It, it always comes into our hearts and in our minds in times like these. I, I, I believe that. That's just me personally, maybe for you as well. And you know, the words of songs, musicians, capture well the thoughts of our hearts when it comes to a couple of things. One of them is how quickly time goes by. How quickly time goes by. We come to the end of the year. How many times have you said this? Where did the year go, right? Well, musicians and songwriters, they capture this really, really well. And I heard the words of a song, and it's from a song back in the early 1970s. It was written by a songwriter and a musician by the name of Jim Croce. Anyone ever hear of that guy? Uh, it's a song called Time in a Bottle. And, um, you know, whenever I come to, you know, dates back in the 60s or 70s, my, my kids always uh, tend to um, kid their dad. And they say, Dad, in the 60s and 70s, that was kind of your prime time, wasn't it? For the record, I think it was three or four when this song was written, okay? But Jim Croce, uh, when he found out that his wife was pregnant, they had been trying to have a baby, and they finally became pregnant, and his wife told him the news, you're going to have a son, or you're going to have a baby. He sat down, and he wrote the words to time in a bottle. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. If I could make days last forever, if words could make wishes come true, I'd save every day like a treasure, and then again, I would spend them with you. It captures it well, doesn't it? What, what, the, the thoughts of our hearts to capture time. You know, amazingly... Uh, Jim Croce died at the age of 30 in a plane crash. His son tells the story in an interview I read early this morning. His son tells the story of 
this song and says, you know, it's kind of interesting. N my dad wrote this song for me, and I never really knew him. He didn't have the chance to know him. This is uh, the human heart. This is what we long for. And then what happens is we, is we long to capture time. We, we as human beings have to do something with it, right? We, we figure, okay, time is going by really, really quickly, so what do we do? Now, there are a couple of songwriters who wrote another song, and it's performed by that great philosopher, Tim McGraw, all right? You know who Tim McGraw is? Uh, he, any country music fans in here? He has a song... And it's a song about how time goes by, so what do you do? And it's the song, Live Like You Were Dying. And it's the story of a man who finds out that he is going to die, he's going to pass away, and so he immediately begins to do some things to make up for lost time and to capture time. And so um, we get to that great course. I went skydiving. I went, what, Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a, on a bull named Fu Manchu. Anyone, anyone, that, that melody going through your head? All right. It's okay. We're in a Baptist church. We can sing country music in a Baptist church. It's all right. I love that song. And, and it's the story about, hey, now that time is going by, what do I do? Right? And so we run off and, and, and we do th some things. Now, let me introduce you to a third song, and it's really our text this morning, Psalm chapter 90. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. If you don't have one on your digital device, you don't have one with you, there's one in the pew. You're going to need it this morning, because I want to walk you through the psalm really quickly and really zero in on the last portion to help me in 2018, a prayer for 2018 for your pastor and his family and leading this church, but a prayer for you individually and a prayer for your family as well. Now, this is a song that is written about time that is passing away, and it's written by Moses. Now, many of you, um, if you're new to Bible study or maybe aren't familiar with Bible study, and even if you are, perhaps you didn't realize that in the book of Psalms, which is the hymn book of the people of God, the compilers of the hymn book included a song from the prophet Moses. Now, Moses had passed on long after they compiled this hymn book. But Moses writes this song at a particular time in the nation's history, in the nation of Israel. Most commentators, it's almost universal, believe that Moses writes this song at a time when the nation of Israel is wandering in the wilderness. Now, again, if you're new to Bible study, here's what's happening. The people of God, God has created a people, and he is going to free them from slavery, move them out of Egypt into their own land so that in their own land, they can continue to reflect the glory of God, the character of God there among the peoples and the cultures of the world. And from this reflection of the person and the glory of God would ultimately come the Messiah the one who would ultimately save his people. And so as God has, has freed this people from Egypt, they go out and he, he, he uh, opens up the Red Sea and they go and they get the Ten Commandments and they're about to enter into the land that God has set aside for them. But here's the problem. They lack faith. It's a big sin because God has had enough of their lack of faith and their disobedience. 
And so God says, I'm going to have to deal with your sin. And so here are these people who have been freed from Egypt. They carry all their belongings and they're wandering in the wilderness. And because they refuse to enter into the promised land, they're afraid of the next step. They're fearful of what's ahead. And God has said, I'm going to go with you. The land is yours. But because of their fear, really, that's their sin. Because of their fear, God says, here's your punishment. For 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness. Now, if you're 40 years old at the time, you're leading your family. You're 40 years old. You're probably not going to make it into the, into the promised land. Your kids probably will, but you won't. Moses doesn't make it into the promised land. So commentators believe it's about this time when Moses writes the song that we're going to quickly run through. Moses writes this song because his heart is heavy and it's filled with regret and it's filled with the reality that time is going by so quickly and we might miss out on what God has designed for us to do. And he writes this prayer. So in verses 1 through 11, here's what he says. I'm going to summarize it for you. He says, God, you are eternal. You, you, you are above everything. You, you, you are the one who, before the mountains were even formed, as they're there in the wilderness, they see the mountains there. Moses writes this song. Even before these mountains were here, you were there. He says, but on the other hand, we as human beings... We as human beings, our time is incredibly short compared to the eternal nature of you. God, our time is just fleeting. He says it's like the grass that springs up in the day and, 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 and the, in the morning time, and then it's, it's gone by the evening time. He says it's like, it's like being carried away by a flood. Our years just go by. He says, God, a thousand years to you is like but one, is like but one day to us. And, and, and so, God, you, you are so eternal. We are so limited. You are so big. We are so small. He's coming to this conclusion. And then he makes another conclusion. God, you are so holy, and we are so sinful. Maybe Moses is thinking about the time when the, when the 10 spies came or, or the 12 spies gathered together and he said, guys, what do you think? And, they, and, and only two of them said, let's, let's enter into the promised land. Let's not be fearful. And the 10 said, oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. And, and Moses' heart just sinks because they go back and they tell all the people and all the people become fearful. Or maybe he's thinking about the time when he comes down from the 10 commandments. I mean, he meets with God himself. And he comes down from the Ten Commandments. And these, and, and the people of Israel are worshiping this golden calf, this idol. Maybe Moses' heart is, is recalling the sins of the people, and he, he's just he's remembering, reviewing them in his mind, and he's thinking, oh, oh God, we are so sinful. We are so fallen. You are so perfect. You are so holy. How can we compare to you? Who knows what Moses is thinking entirely, but here's what he says. Our sins are ever before your holiness. And in essence, he's saying, how in the world do we move forward? 
God, how, how are we to stand before you in light of all of this? We're frail. We're sinful. You're holy. You're powerful. And that's enough to keep you paralyzed and just give up and throw up your hands and say, we're not even going to go anywhere. We're just going to sit here. We're going to die. So what do you do? So Moses prays. And he prays a great prayer to move us from regret to relief, from regret to renewal. And I want to walk you through that prayer quickly this morning as we conclude our worship time. Look at verse 12. You ready? You got your place? Verse 12 of Psalm 90. Here's what he says. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Thought number one from our text this morning. You ready? Value every day's opportunities in light of the wisdom found in Christ. Value every day's opportunity. 2018, value every day's opportunities in light of the wisdom that is found in Christ. Here's Moses' prayer. God, teach us to value every day. Now, now, we know how important days are. We know how important our time is. So what we'll do, beginning in 2018, is we'll try and keep better track of our, of our time and we'll be more disciplined and we, we will go to great lengths to be better and to be effective and to be more productive with our time. This is just naturally what we do. But here's what we need to be careful of is that we fill every day's opportunities and we fill our time with things that are perhaps good, but not necessarily the most valuable things. And that is filling them with the perspective and the priorities of Christ. The Bible says this, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when Moses asked God, teach us to value every single day because it's, it's worth something. I've seen the years go by. I've been here with your people. So how then do we effectively do what you've asked us to do? We fill them with wisdom, not simply with our own ideas, with our own thoughts, with our own activities, with our own endeavors. It's quick, like Tim McGraw, to go out and to fill up our bucket list with things because time is fleeting. But instead, we're to fill it with the wisdom that is found in Christ. Now, here's something that I think will help you because it's helped me over the last few days. Wisdom is this. I love what Ligonier Ministries, ministry of R.C. Sproul, who just passed away. Ligonier Ministries in a devotional called Christ Our Wisdom says this, simple definition. Wisdom is the ability to see reality as God does. Isn't that good? Wisdom is the ability to see reality as God does. So how do we put all this together? What Moses has said in Psalm 90 up to this point, that God is so eternal and big. We are so small and limited. God is so holy and righteous and we are so sinful. So how in the world are we to find wisdom? Here's where it is. You ready? It's in the cross. The cross and the gospel, because Moses is on this side of the cross. Now we're on the other side of the cross. As Moses is pointing 
to the true wisdom that is found only in Christ. Here's what we find in the cross. We find the eternal Son of God coming to earth, but taking on what? Frail flesh. We see the holiness of Almighty God and the holiness of Jesus Christ coming to earth on behalf of the sins of you and me. And then the anger of God, Moses mentions it earlier. He says, God, how can we stand before your anger? How can we stand before you when we've sinned? How can we move forward when our lives are filled with rebellion against you? And the answer is found in the cross. That the eternal God and the flesh of Jesus Christ as a human being and the holiness and righteousness of God and the holiness of Jesus meets sinful man on the cross and now the anger and wrath of God that Moses is afraid of. He is fearful of the anger being poured out again. He says, I've seen it. I've seen the anger poured out on your people. Now the anger of God is poured out where? On Christ. And now we are free. Now we are free from our sin. And now we are free from our guilt. And now we are free. And we are no longer paralyzed by the sin that locks us down. And now we have freedom from our sin. But now we also have access to God the Father for the knowledge and the wisdom and the spiritual insight that we need in Christ to live everything. Every single day. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 2. He says this, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ." To have access to all of Christ's riches in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So this morning, we pray this prayer. Teach us, God, to value this day and the many opportunities that will come in light of the wisdom of Christ, in light of the knowledge that I'm forgiven in light of the knowledge that you desire for the life of Christ to be made real in me so that it can be made real in others. And suddenly we begin to see each day as opportunities to live like Christ. The decisions that we make to honor Christ, to serve like Christ, Jesus. Every day when it's seen through the lens of the wisdom that is available in Christ is a day in which we get to demonstrate his goodness to us. It changes the picture. It changes the equation. You know, this past year, we've been able to look back, Sheree and I, as we've been with our family, and we treasure those family times. We treasure those times when we go on trips. We treasure those times when we're home together. And so every year at the beginning of, of, of the time, we say, you know what? We, we need to make more family experiences. We need to be encouraged with our family. We need to be with our family. Our kids are getting older. They're going to be out of the house soon. And so, yes, let's be with our family. And I am the biggest be with your family guy that is around. 
But here is what I want to encourage you with, dads and and moms and, and grandparents. Here's what I want to encourage you with. Family time is important. But what is more important is that in that time, I communicate to my son and to my daughter who Christ is and what Christ is doing in me and how they can please Christ and what Christ has done for them. And if year by year goes by and I come to December again and I have not communicated to them the wisdom of Christ, I have missed it as a mom and dad to regardless of where we've gone on trips in 2017. The wisdom of Christ. We want to help you do that. We haven't talked about it much, but our parenting conference is coming up. We have an opportunity in just three weeks. It's there in your bulletin. Here's your to-do. Your to-do is this, to consider spending a weekend with us, Friday night and Saturday. Dr. Tim Kimmel, he did our grace-based parenting, now he's, or grace-based marriages, now he's going to come back and do our grace-based parenting. We invite you to come back as parents, as moms and dad, and as grandparents. We have special things for you, grandparents, where you can join me and Sheree, and we together can say, how in the world do we invest in this culture that we live in? How do we invest in our children? How do we communicate? How are we the vehicles through which the wisdom of Christ is brought to bear in their lives? We want you to join us. See your back of your bulletin for more information. How you as parents can, can be engaged in the life of your children in, in, in a wonderful way. I look forward to that. But what does it mean for you to know Christ and to experience the wisdom of Christ and then to pass that wisdom on? This is our prayer that we operate every day in the wisdom of Christ. Secondly, secondly, notice what it says, verse 13. Return, O Lord. How long have pity on your servants? So this is a prayer. This is a prayer of, of mercy. This is a prayer of turning to God. Thought number two this morning. 2018, turn to him and he'll return to you. Turn to him and he'll return to you. We find this theme in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Prophet Zechariah begins his book, Return, the Lord says to me, and I, I will return to you. It's this incredible theme throughout all of the scriptures in which those who need mercy, those who recognize their weakness, those who understand that they have operated their lives in self-sufficiency suddenly come to God and say, God, will you return to me as I turn to you? What a beautiful prayer. The presence of God. Here's, here's the reality. How many times in 2017, and your pastor's included in this, how many times do you get at the end of a day and you've been busy and you've been working? And, and, and you've, been, you've been trying to parent, and you've been trying to, to, to move forward in your business, or you, you, whatever it is that you do day to day. For me, it, it's ministry. 
And for me, really, it's even scarier to say what I'm about to say because of the ministry and because of where I work and what God has called me to do. But how many times do you get to the end of the day and you've come to this understanding that you've operated entirely in your own flesh, you have operated entirely under your own self-sufficiency, and your life has been devoid of the presence of God himself. And you look back on your day and you say, how in the world did I think that I could move forward with my life on this day, with the decisions I had to make, with the things you've called me to do, and yet your presence has been absent? That's a scary thought. And Moses begins to realize, we have been operating. We have been moving, attempting to move forward in our lives, in our own strength, in our own self-sufficiency. And God, it has been a long time since you have been present. It's been a long time since we have felt your power. And what gets in the way is ourselves and our sin. This is a prayer to God to simply say, God, this year, And maybe this happens tonight. Maybe this happens first thing in the morning. Maybe you and your wife get on your knees, and and, and here's the beautiful thing. Listen, here's the beautiful thing. It doesn't matter how far away you are from God. If you drop to your knees and you come to him and you say, God, we have been operating and living as a marriage and a home in a ministry, without your presence, God, forgive us. We don't want to operate anymore like that. He'll have mercy. He'll have mercy. And, and here's the thing. Some of you are distant from Christ. I don't know, maybe some of you aren't followers of Jesus. If you're not, I would point you to the great love that God has for you. just shared it with you about where... where, where at the cross where true wisdom is found. But for some of you as followers of Jesus, you might be, might be distant from Christ, and you might be thinking, you know what, I'm so far removed. I'm so far gone. There's no way I can turn back. But no, Moses says, listen to Moses. I mean, he, he's got control. He, he's leading a people who are left in the wilderness, who are destitute. I mean, there is no hope here. I mean, he is in the middle of the Judean wilderness. I've been there. I've driven a bus through there. There's no Walmart. There's no Costco. There's no movies. There's no Chipotle. There's no Buffalo Wild Wings. There is nothing out there. He is far from anything. But yet he cries out, oh God, how long are you going to be missing? Maybe that's the prayer for some of you. And that is why we're so encouraged this year. I love the thought of walking through the scriptures with you. I was at a, my daughter plays basketball. I was at a basketball game um, at Eastside High School. Go Lady Eagles. And um, so Judy Brown, sweet Judy Brown was up there. Her, her granddaughter plays with, with my daughter. And so Judy is walking down the bleachers and she says, Pastor, when do we, when do we, when do we start our time in the word together? It's like, Judy, I'm glad you asked, right? I'm glad you asked. Here's what's going on, guys. In the year 2018, we're going to walk through the word of God together. And so beginning not this Monday, but a week from tomorrow, 
Oh, man, this was Judy's question. When do we begin? A week from tomorrow, January the 8th, we begin day one in our reading together. And you can find it here in this journal. We're selling them for only $5. And many, many of you, hundreds of you have already purchased these. Keep purchasing them. $5 for these things. And inside... These are so well done. Um, inside is our, our reading plan. And so every single day, Lord willing, and I'm going to miss some days. Your pastor is going to have to make up every now and then because I do that. But we're going to be walking through together a reading plan five out of seven days. And so as you read through that, no other people are reading through that. Our groups are reading through that. Our discipleship groups that are beginning some in January, some later on, we're going to be reading through that. And then on Sunday, January the 14th, after we've been through one week of our readings, I'm going to preach from one of those passages. So you're already going to be engaged in the Word of God, and I'm going to preach from that passage. We're going to do that all the way through the end of the year. It's going to be so exciting to see the thread of the gospel and the thread of Jesus from the Garden of Eden all the way through Jesus himself, all the way to the throne at the end of time. And we're going to read the word of God together. But here's why I'm most excited. It's not only that you as individuals are going to be engaged in the word of God, not only that our groups are going to be engaged in the word of God, but together, collectively, we are going to sense, I pray God himself working in our body, because here's what we're saying when we come to the word. God, we need you. God, we long for your presence. We long to know you. This is what we're saying. And if our hearts are knit together in doing that, God could do something amazing through this body in 2018. Hey, you have all sorts of opportunities with your time in 2018. People say, well, pastor, this is a huge commitment. I've invited people into, into discipleship groups or I've talked about discipleship groups or, or reading the Bible through the year. And people go, pastor, that is a huge commitment of time. And I kind of sheepishly kind of back up and go, oh, yeah, you're right, because we have so many, so many things going on. Like tomorrow I'll spend about 22 hours watching football. I'm just going to confess to you right now. We have all sorts of things we do. I kind of sheepishly back up. But you know what? You know what? If you can't find time to be in the presence of Almighty God on a regular basis, then you are missing out and becoming more and more like his son. And my number one job as your pastor is to lead you into maturity in Christ. And there's nothing greater than you can do is to know him through the scriptures. I challenge you. I challenge you. Read on your own and walk with us. Walk with us together. And this is how we, we turn to God. Thirdly, thirdly, verse 13. Satisfy us, verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days and make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Thirdly, find contentment in God's love, not your circumstances this year. Find your contentment, satis find your satisfaction in the steadfast love of God, not in your circumstances. Not if your team wins tomorrow. Some of you will be happy. Some of you will be very, very sad tomorrow. 
Not, not in what happens in your marriage in 2018, although we long for your marriage to grow in Christ. Not if as a parent I do really, really well in parenting my kids. Whether I'm a success or whether I'm a failure as a dad. That is a bearing on my heart. That is a bearing on my contentment and my satisfaction. But you know what Moses says? He says, listen, God, here's what we want to long for. Here's where we want to find our satisfaction. Not in our circumstances. And if anybody could say, boy, I wish my circumstances would change, it was Moses. Woo, Lord, if you could free me from these people and just find me a spot where I could just be alone or, 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 or please make them obey. Kind of my prayer for my kids. Please make them obey, God, and then everything will work out. No, Mo, here's what Moses said. says, satisfy me with your love for me. And that's enough. And then I'll be happy. And I'll rejoice to know God. And to know his love apart from what's going on around you. Oh, th th this is a key to 2018 for some of you. Because we rise, we go up and we down, we ebb and we flow depending upon our circumstances and what happens. And Moses' prayer is no. No, I'd rather, I, I want to be content with, with your love for me in the funeral yesterday. I preached from John chapter 11. There's this incredible phrase in there um, at the very beginning when the story is introduced, and it's the story of where Jesus goes to a funeral, and he, um, he gets word that Lazarus, his friend who eventually dies, and Jesus raises him from the dead, one of his greatest miracles. But before that, Jesus, um, they come to him. He's away, and they come to him, and they say, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is dead. He loves him. And, and so the acceptation is that he would run down, and he would heal him. But instead, Jesus says, you know what? This sickness is ultimately for the glory of God. And so that the Son of God, so that, that I might be glorified, I may be elevated above this, and I might be seen, and the power and glory of Almighty God is going to pour through this. They don't get it. And then the very next phrase, John is writing this, the very next phrase, it says this, now he loved Mary and Martha, he loved them. But then he delayed, I'm paraphrasing, but then he said, Let, let's wait, let's wait. And you're scratching your head and you're going, wait a second, wait a second, Mary and Martha are suffering here, and, and, and Mary and Martha are going to see Lazarus die right in front of them, and Jesus has all power and he has all, has all ability to heal his friend, he loves his friend. What in the world is Jesus doing? And some of you, in 2018, you're going to have to come to grips with an understanding that you don't get it, what Jesus is doing. But remember this, that God, in order to get great glory, sometimes will do things that you don't understand in your circumstances, but he will never, never, even though you think he is absent, that's what you think, he will never, ever abandon his love for you. Because he knows this, that his greatest glory, the greatest thing he can do in your life to show his love for you is to reveal his greatest glory and his power. And so wait upon him. Look to him. 
Don't look at your circumstances as the barometer of saying, I don't understand what he's doing. Know this, that God loves you. And if he is going to do something amazing, sometimes he has to do things that we don't understand. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Instead, it means that God is working in ways that you cannot see and that you cannot understand all for your good. So in light of that, make a decision. It's not a feeling thing. It's not a, it's not a, it's, it's a mental thing. It's a, it's a will thing. In 2018, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be content and I'm going to trust God's incredible love for me through Christ more than I'm going to trust how I feel with my circumstances. That's a decision you're going to have to make. Ask God, help me, help me with that. And then finally, last thing. Verse 15, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. And then two times. And establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In 2018, thought number four, Pray that God will establish something for you to do, a move for you to make, a calling for you to fulfill, a role or a responsibility that comes from him to establish what will require God's power and our faith to accomplish. What is it? What is it that God's going to ask us to do in 2018 that will require God's power in our faith. Moses is sitting there and he has to be thinking, oh God, what, what's next? How do I do this? How, how do I move into the promised land? How, how do I move into the promised land with all of our failures in the past? How do I move into the promised land with the weaknesses and, and with our sins? God, how do I move into the promised land leading a people that don't want to go into the promised land? He has to be thinking all of these things. And so here's his prayer. God, you establish the work. God, you establish what only you can do, and it's going to take your power, and it's going to take great faith. If it didn't require faith, then it'd be something I can accomplish. But God, here's what I'm asking you to do on behalf of my life, and on behalf of my family, and on behalf of my church, and on behalf of the mission of God in 2018. You establish it, and you keep praying, and you keep asking, God, establish what can only be done by your power and my faith. I can't do it so that your glory can be seen to your chi- to my children. I want our children. I, I, I want our, my children's children. I want my grandchildren. I, I want those that come behind as we see the names of those who have gone behind, who have gone ahead of us. And they le- have left behind us something. They've left an incredible family of faith. They've left behind the gospel. They've left behind the mission of Jesus. So what is it in 2018 that you are going to pray? You're going to be on your face before the Lord. And you're going to say, God, if you don't establish this by your power and through my faith, then God, I'm going to keep praying. And I'm going to keep asking. And when you reveal it, we're going to march forward. We're going to move forward for your glory, for your favor. For your hand to be upon us. For your name. How many times in the Old Testament do you hear that phrase? For your name's sake. What a prayer. What a prayer. 
May it be your prayer as well. Let me read it to you as we close our time together. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. And let your work be shown to your servants and your power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, Lord, establish the work of our hands. And all God's people said, amen. Father, hear our prayer. Not only the prayer of a man of God many, many years ago, but the prayer of this pastor's heart for my wife and for my kids, the prayer of this pastor's heart for this place, the prayer of this pastor's heart for the kingdom of God to make huge advances in 2018, and then the prayer of this pastor for your people. And, oh, God, I pray that you would speak now to the heart that perhaps is wrestling, wrestling with an understanding of their need of you and, and their sin. And I pray that you would speak as the, only the Holy Spirit can, not only to convict, but then to bring to, to you. And Father, for us, the family of faith, the followers of Jesus who gather every week, hear our prayer. That this would be a, a day and this would be a service and a time in which we lay down a marker and say, God, this is who we are and this is who you are and this is our desire for you to work in us in 2018. Oh, Father, we pray this now in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me? And We'll close our time by singing a great, great song of commitment. I need thee every hour. Most gracious Lord, Kevin's going to lead us, but I'll be right down front. I'm just going to stand here. And if there's any need that you have and the Holy Spirit saying, yes, walk forward, meet with the pastor, share that need, whatever it is, this is the time to do that. But for the rest of us, this is our song of commitment as Kevin leads us this morning.